Kevin Pankers. And I'm Donna Carter. And you are listening to Grow on the Go. How are you doing? I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not even I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm just I'm very tired. I was in I, meetings all day today yeah. and that's fine. But it is a lot of talking to people and despite how loud and effervescent I am, that is exhausting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I am also tired. I didn't sleep well last night, and mm. then I looked after my adorable little grandson Jude today, and yeah. Jude is—he's—he's um, he's just not having a good week. I think he's a good week. I think. Well, I think he's teething, and uh, or maybe coming down with something. Hopefully, oh, not COVID. Probably just a cold. I'm—I'm <laughs> I'm quite certain it's just a cold. And so, um, yeah. So he just wanted to be. Um, danced with a lot today. This and he's a chunky things. boy. He is a chunky boy. He is. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I'm a little tired, but it was a good day. I love, love, love having him. So yeah. no complaining. And, and usually he's very busy and content. Oh, he's such a sweetheart. He, he is, is such a, a good, good boy. Yeah. He loves to dance. And just like if you're sitting on the floor, he'll just climb over you. And it's the cutest thing. Like yeah. just shamble around over you. It's so cute. And he can't walk, but he likes to like sit on the carpet and bob. And yeah. And wave his head, and and now he adds. He's he's added a new move. It's his his arm. He he does some arm movements. Interesting. Wow, inventive. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how I am. So, um, today I on the podcast I would really like us to look at what what's it like for a human to know God. Hmm. We talk about knowing God, but what does that really mean? I mean. If we, we, we talk about having a personal relationship with God, but, like, can we talk and argue and play tennis and do lunch with the Spirit? <laughs> it's it's not really the same Yes, somehow. yes, no, yes. <laughs> so how can we get to know someone we can't see or touch? That's what I want to talk about. And actually, I don't think it's as difficult as it may seem, and probably not all that different from how we get to know human friends. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you like to do with your human friends? <laughs> I like uh, what I call low-impact hangs, which is usually like put on a movie or a show or something, and then we both do something so like with our hands. like not talk. Yeah. Yeah, big <laughs> fan of that. I have friends that we only talk. We try to watch movies or stand-up comedy or something together, and we can't. It takes us several hours because we have too much to say to each other, and we keep pausing the movie, and it's frustrating, but also such a delight. I was at her house this last week, uh, last weekend, until 2 in the morning, which I'm a, like, at 8 o'clock, I'm like, it's almost bedtime. I will put down my activities and get ready to be asleep. So... Hanging out till two in the morning is is something. Well, clearly, we're having a very good time. Well, certainly we were having a time. Uh, that makes it sound like we were arguing. Yeah, I like to talk to people more, more accurately. I like to talk at people and then let them sort out the things that they like and just pick what they want. Well, and it, this is the friend you were talking about at supper. Yes, and that's somebody who's going through some stuff. So yeah, that's she is. one of the reasons it wasn't necessarily a good time yeah well and and she's she's very much been my trauma friend and and i like to joke that she practically raised me so uh it's 
a little bit. I take s- slight offense to that. But. As she like adult <laughs> raised me. Okay, after like, you left home. Okay, yeah, like I get it. the next phase of life. Right. Um, because you were living in the same town. Yeah. City. I yeah. guess. Yeah. C- yeah. City. Anyway. Uh, yeah. You also have a group of ladies who lunch. Well, brunch. Brunch. We brunch. Yeah. And and we met through work. Uh, but when two of them left my current workplace, we insisted that we keep in touch. Because almost every morning we would sit in the kitchen for the at least the first hour or two and all work there but chat while we were working. Um, so I guess that's how I build friendships. I talk at people and hope they laugh at my jokes. <laughs> if they laugh at my jokes, there's a good chance I will want to be their friend. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sort of... It's not hard of, to win my friendship. Well, it's acceptance, right? And yeah, very true. And somebody who clearly enjoys your company. Um, for me, um, the things I like to do with my human friends, um, it's not so much <laughs> about friends. what we do as it is about just being together. Yeah. Like, I go away to a cabin every spring with or summer, it was summer this year because of COVID, um, with um, three or two or three girlfriends, depending on who all comes. And um, we don't plan anything. I had no idea that you did that. How oh. long have you done that? Uh, I think it's been three years now. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's not like decades or anything. I was going to say, I had never um, even heard of I this. I mean, it's a cabin on a lake. It's beautiful. But we don't go saying, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this. We just kind of go and are together. You go and, and be. And some activities, you know, evolve. But, you know, we en- might end up, you know, going into town and browsing and having lunch. Or we might end up playing some games. Or we might end up... Well, we've never actually watched a movie because we always have too much to say to each other. But, you know, it, it could happen. So, and one day, one year, we took all our paints out there because we we're all artists. Yeah. And we never really got around to painting. So, we don't really, it's not about what we do. It's about just, just hang out. hanging out. Yep. Um, so, talking about relationship with God. I mean, we can read about God in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And even know how Jesus lived when he was on the earth. But that doesn't constitute a relationship. Knowing about someone isn't the same thing as knowing them. So just imagine for a moment being committed to an arranged marriage. <laughs> how do you that, feel about that? That would go great for you, I'm certain. <laughs> so let's say your parents, and in your case us, or a matchmaker, tell you all about your husband-to-be. You know, you might even get to see a photo of him, but obviously that's not the same thing as spending time together and getting to know him through your own experience. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he's gorgeous and he sounds like he's just way too good to be true. But when you finally meet him, you discover he has this annoying habit of mansplaining everything. He chews with his mouth open and he can't talk about his feelings at all. (laughs) Like... I'm exhausted just thinking about it. <laughs> or, okay, here's another scenario. You're an employer, which you also are. I am, yeah. Um, with a stack of resumes on your desk. There's no way you would hire someone without having at least one interview with them, yeah. right? Yeah. What looks good on paper might turn out to be the most annoying person Evan, ever. Evan. Evan, no. Most annoying Evan. <laughs> um, you know, somebody, they could have qualifications, you know, coming through their pores, but if they have no social skills, that's not going to work for you. Yeah. Right? So, God really wants us to know him, um, not just about him, but to know him personally. And that's not going to happen unless we experience his love. 
Shared experience is the heart of any relationship. Now, we might know intellectually that God loves us, but until we have experiences with them, that knowing won't make it from our heads to our hearts. Mm -hmm. So, you may be asking yourself, how is it possible to have experiences with God? Wow, I sure am. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Psychologist David Benner suggests two ways. The first is much more of an exercise of imagination than one of intellect, for sure. We can enter into a Holy Spirit-guided meditation on some event from Jesus' life, as recorded in the Gospels. So here are the steps that Benner suggests, and it's in his book, um, The Gift of Knowing Yourself, which is a favorite of mine and I've mentioned before on the podcast. So the first thing we need to do is just to calm ourselves in God's presence with a journal and a pen. So let your busy mind and your to-do list go and just remind yourself that God is with you now. We never have to ask him to be with us, right? He's always with us. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of our awareness turning to his presence. And then we can ask the Holy Spirit to give us an encounter with Jesus before we read an event in Jesus' life from the Gospels. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell stories of Jesus' life. So he suggests that you read it several times, preferably out loud. The more senses you involve, the better. And then after reading it, just spend a few minutes imagining the event. See, you'd be good at this, Kevin. (laughs) Thanks. I also think I'm pretty imaginative myself. Yes. So let the Holy Spirit enrich the scene with more details through your imagination. Allowing ourselves to daydream about the passage is one way that we can actually share an experience with Jesus. And and don't worry if no more details come into your mind or, or your thoughts wander a bit. The goal of this isn't to have an epiphany. It's to spend time with Jesus. Mm. Friends hanging out together, just like we do with human friends, where we don't plan our time necessarily. We just know we want to spend time together. So this time doesn't have to be what we would call productive. I mean, when you go to Starbucks with a friend, the goal isn't to drink coffee, right? (laughs) Okay, let's have our coffee, and when we're done, we'll go. Especially for me, because I don't drink coffee. Well, true. Um, The goal, though, whether it's tea or coffee or, you know, a fruity thing. (laughs) Fruity thing, yeah. uh, I I always have the same thing every time I go to Starbucks, so I don't even know what all the other things are. (laughs) Um, But the goal is just to be together. This kind of imagination exercise can be extremely rich. As as you read the dialogue Jesus is having with someone, for example, you can imagine how you'd react to this if you were right there. Would you maybe make a comment? Would you ask a question? What about your body language? Would you reach for Jesus at any point? Would you hold his stuff while he taught a crowd? Would you offer him a drink of water or suggest he rest a bit? Maybe you'd argue with him over some of the radical ideas he was teaching. Friends do all those things. Mm -hmm. And when you've done this kind of an exercise, then you can move into a second way that we can share experiences with Jesus. So in this way, we think about our past 24 hours. This could be first thing in the morning, or we, we could do it last thing in our day. And we ask ourselves, okay, what kind of experiences did I have today? And then where was Jesus in each of them? I mean, we know he's always with us, right? So what was he doing? What was he saying to us 
in each event of the day? What gifts was he offering for our spiritual well-being and growth? Every experience we have, whether good or bad, offers us a new way to know Jesus. He could be showing us how we can trust him more. He might be providing us with patience or with strength. He could be giving us comfort or chasing away our shame. Just allow the experiences of the day to play through in your mind. You don't need to remember them in sequence. Just accept what comes into focus. And ask God for help to discern his presence in the experience, even if the, the event that comes to mind seems trivial. David Benner suggests asking what questions. Like, what was it about that comment that upset me? Hmm. Where was Jesus when that happened? What was he saying to me at that time? Or what about that situation made me anxious? Where was Jesus at that time? What was he saying to me? So the idea is to not to go into this, you know, demanding answers from God or from yourself. Just accept what comes. God wants to speak to us. And then end your time by thanking God for the gifts you receive from the experience, whether it's a richer experience of God's love whether it's deeper peace or clarity about a decision you have to make, or simply experiencing his delight in you. An example for me um, when I I was preparing for this was actually just um, last week. It would have been Thursday because I had looked after Jude the day before, Mm -hmm. my little grandson. And um, Jude loves music, as we've mentioned. So we were having a dance party, which we often do. And as I said, he can't stand, really stand on his own yet. He certainly can't walk. And so I pick him up and we dance together. And we danced for about 10 minutes on this day. And I just loved it. And Jude loved it. And when I reflected on it, I believe Jesus loved it. I think he was dancing with us. I think he was sharing the joy and the love between us and the fun of the moment. And I have to tell you, there is something so powerful between a grandparent and grandchild. I feel such an intense love for him, and I realize so does Jesus. He has that intense love both for me and for my grandson. He loves to see us experiencing the connection that he created us for, And he loved sharing it with us. Reflecting on his presence in that scenario makes me love Jesus more. Mm -hmm. So can you think of an experience like this where, in retrospect, you knew about Jesus' presence and had a powerful sense of what he was saying or doing in that situation? Yeah. um, This is something I've talked once or twice about before. (laughs) What is sentence structure? I've talked about this once or twice before, very, very briefly. Um, Our family, specifically my family, my my husband and I, but uh, my mom and dad were there. It was a very difficult day because we were facing a very difficult decision that was out of our hands about whether... Scott and I would be able to be in the same place for the foreseeable future. And it was pretty clear that it was not going to go our way. And I remember walking over to a window and looking outside and being so furious. Just like... At the injustice. Yeah. This this impotent anger. Mm -hmm. um, It felt 
very much like a tantrum, but like a justified tantrum. Like it wasn't unreasonable that I was angry, but it was like everything is out of my control and all I can do is scream and kick and pound my fists on the floor. And so that's what I'm going to do. And I was so mad at God. And I was like, how could you do this? How could you or not do this? But how could you let this happen? Right. This is not just or fair or kind or right. And then I kind of just came down from it. And my prayers turned into, okay, soften my heart. So, like soften this anger because I, I, I see it. I hear it. It's ugly. And this is not up to me. I don't have to get it. I don't have to get it. I certainly don't have to like it. Um, but I do need to know that you have a plan and this is all part of it. And you will not let us suffer. Like, well, you will not, first of all, you'll leverage our suffering and you will not let us fail essentially. Right. Like you will, I can't think of the word, but you get it. Yeah. So when you, when you look back on that time in your imagination, Mm -hmm. where do you see Jesus? Uh, just kind of, I like physically see him kind of just behind me with a hand on my shoulder. And it was like, look, I get it. I get it. You can be mad. It's okay to be mad, but Mm -hmm. you need to get that. You don't get it. And you don't see what I see. And, have I ever done you wrong before? Mm. And it's going to suck, but I've got you and I've got him. Mm-hmm. And you just have to trust me. And that to me is very much when that shift of like, okay, soften my heart. Let me just be in perfect obedience and breathe. <laughs> Let me just trust you because it's too hard. It's too hard to try to figure it out on my own. It's too much. Um and I'm sure you never could have imagined that before Scott would be able to come back here, mm-hmm. that you would be in Australia for five months yeah. due to circumstances beyond also your control, beyond our but control, that were yeah. just a gift from God. Yeah. And that your office would say, okay, work That's from fine. there. Work from Australia. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they, there's nothing I could have done, but yeah, that's... That's something that in the moment, like, I knew God was there being like, I get it. I get that you're mad. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But I need you to, have I ever let you fall before? Right. I need you to trust me. I need you to trust mm-hmm. me. It's okay. You can be mm-hmm. mad. doesn't hurt my feelings, but trust well, me. And the reality is that when we live with an awareness of God's presence in every situation in our lives, everything has meaning. Yeah. Nothing is wasted. We are always in the presence of God. Sometimes we're not aware of it, but he is always with us. And spiritual growth is all about learning to discern and appreciate his presence. Yeah. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 34:18 and it says, "God is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed." And you know, the moment you just explained was one of those kinds of moments. Mhm. And of course he was close to you. Of course he was right behind you with his hand on your shoulder. um, Because he promised that he would be right there. Yeah. When we spend the time reviewing our day prayerfully, sometimes we see in retrospect where God was in the events of our lives, even when we didn't discern it in the moment. 
What this does for us, I think, is to raise our awareness of God in our circumstances and in the deepest places of our hearts. And that's the goal. Just like when we use our Holy Spirit-informed imagination to know Jesus better by living, air quotes, one of his experiences with him, the goal of becoming aware of God's involvement in our lives isn't to have some kind of spiritual epiphany. Again, it's to spend time and shared experiences with Jesus. You can use one or other of these practices, or both together, if you can find the time, starting with living, uh, seeing where you could be in one of Jesus' day Mm -hmm. events or experiences, and then seeing where he was in one of yours, back to back. And I would would ask our listeners to commit to, uh, to consider committing to 15 minutes at the start or finish of each day for one week. And I think that if you do, you'll end up knowing God better. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll also end up knowing yourself better when, when the week is over. A third way that we can get to know God and deepen our friendship with Him is intentionally uh, seeking to sense God's presence in the moment, yeah. right when we're living it. So think back to those things you like to do with a friend. Shop, walk, eat. How could you invite Jesus into that experience? One thing I've done for years is take, take walks with Jesus. I talk right out loud to him as though he were walking with me, because, of course, he actually is. <laughs> and I love how this is, has created intimacy in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually highlights something that we've talked about it before, and it's one of those things that's, like, obvious, but if you don't get it or if you're not, like, super familiar with it, it's like, oh, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I believe Romans says, pray without ceasing. Um, Is it Romans? Nope. Nope. I believe it's Philippians. I knew it was Paul. Or Thessalonians. I knew it was Paul. Close enough. Might be Thessalonians. It's Paul to to some people (laughs) in a letter. Um, (laughs) Like, if you asked me what time of day I pray, I'd be like, yes. Yeah. Like, I, I don't stop praying. My internal monologue is not a monologue. It is a dialogue. Right. And it's with Jesus. And, and that, even if you just kind of work on framing that, you're never talking to yourself. You're never thinking to yourself. You're thinking to God, and now it's a conversation. Um, and the more you do it, the more his responses feel very real and less like, oh, that was a weird thought that came out of my brain it probably didn't um and sometimes i don't like think his responses in words but it's just a feeling like i don't know i I, it's hard to describe it but i know he's responding to me yeah and and this might be a good time to just talk about how do we differentiate between when it is um an evil spirit yes talking to us and when it is the holy spirit yeah um, the um, the Holy Spirit will sometimes convict us of sin, but he, he will never shame us. No. It will always be, come back to me. Mm-hmm. I want so much more for you. Yeah. Sometimes There's, to me it's it sounds like you know better. And not in a like... Shame on you way. Yeah, in a like, come on, Kev. Like, I know you know, and I don't need to harp on it. Mm-hmm. Come on. Um, 
in a very gentle way. Mm-hmm. So anytime, anything that brings sort of self-hatred, yeah. um, that is not from God. Mm-hmm. That is from the evil one, for sure. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to discern whether it's our own thought or whether it's God's thoughts. But, of course, God's voice is going to sound like our voice because he's using our mind yeah. to speak to us. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, and if you're ever in doubt, a great place to go is a trusted um, friend who has walked with God for a long time, mm-hmm. or, and of course, always the Word of God. Yeah. Um, God is never going to tell us to do something that is contrary to His will, for sure. Yeah. And to His Word. Yeah. Mm. So, um, one, uh, I, I've talked about, you know, my walks with Jesus, and that has been so precious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, it, it's just inviting him into my moment instead of my walk being about you know getting some exercise or getting this over with or it it's it's a way of processing what's going on mm-hmm. in my life and it's it's a wonderful thing. Sometimes when I'm driving, I drive with Jesus a mm-hmm, lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like those bumper stickers, Jesus is my co-pilot. Uh, right. Jesus is the pilot, and thank God for that, because mm-hmm. I'm not very good at flying planes. Um, but I, I think of that a lot. And, and another thing that it's like sometimes when I sing, because I sing to myself a lot, um, I know, like, I can feel that I'm still singing, but it's like my brain goes away, and it's almost like God uses my own singing as, like, a white noise machine so I can hear him better. Cool. Yeah. I, like, sometimes mm. I get to the end of the song, I'm like, I don't remember finishing that, well, but I, I know I just I don't know if it's it. Christian music you're singing, but... It's not. Kath- it's show tunes. No, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. What were you going to say? Sorry. Um, well, Catherine Marshall talks about the golden bridge of praise, and she talks about how when we do worship God, mm-hmm. not that you have to be singing worship music no, to worship no. God, right? You can worship him with your heart and with your voice, um, but um, that is is the thing that um, sometimes lifts us out of our despair is yeah, when, oh, we, yeah. when we worship him because we see how big he is and how small our problems yeah. are in comparison. And anytime I – and mm-hmm. actually, this is kind of a good thing to note too is anytime I sing to myself I am singing you know it's not for anyone else right and it's not even really for me especially if I'm not listening it is for him this is a gift that he has given me that's exactly right and it is to his glory so I don't know if it's painting or dancing or uh, writing yeah but especially when you're not doing it for or in front of anyone else that is an act of worship in and of itself I mean eating yeah most of us thank God for our food, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not as weird as it seems to imagine him sitting at the table with us and yeah. enjoying a meal with us. The Bible talks about, you know, coming in Revelation, you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Unfortunately, I have that uh, memorized in King James. But if anyone opens the door, I will come in to him and we will eat together. Yeah. Is the gist of the verse. Shopping. That's mm-hmm. something we can do with Jesus. Jesus, does this make me look, do I look fat in this? Does this make my butt look big? Jesus doesn't care about being You know what? Fat. I actually think we'd come out of the change room feeling a lot better about ourselves mm-hmm. if we did shop with Jesus. Yeah. And we likely wouldn't overspend either. <laughs> so let me just encourage you, invite Jesus into your moments and spend time with Jesus in his. That is how we can know God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and and my prayer for you is that it becomes clear and easy uh, for you to connect with Jesus 
on a daily basis like that. Um, and, <laughs> you know, delightful segue. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And uh, if you have any ideas for future shows, we'd love to hear them. Feel free to leave a comment. But for today, that is it for us on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter, inviting you to grow on the go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com. 